BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Welcome everybody to BeastNet podcast. This is Lisa, and today we're talking to Brett, or also known as T-Rex. And you were just telling me you just finished a 5K. How was it? Very, very fast. Um, we did it at um, Liberty State Park, which was nice. So we get to run along the river, or the yeah, the river where the Statue of Liberty is. It was about a mile and a half loop up and back. It was pretty quick. A lot of people showed up. I think it was like almost 400 people showed up. It's weird to do a race on a Thursday, but the, the weather was perfect. It was, it was just really good. That's awesome. And you said it was a quick race too, right? Yeah, I, had, um, <clears throat> I did uh, 20 minutes. Nice. I came in 10th in my age group and 23rd overall. Not bad at all. Trying uh, to keep up with this fast people. And because and, uh, I knew my being in the age group, I was going to be out running anyways. The, there was about 100, 110 people in my age group. Oh, wow. That's a lot of people. Yeah, that I mean that's almost a quarter of what all the runners were. Yeah, you just did Savage Race for the first time this last weekend. Oh, yes. How was that? I actually, it was like the weather was perfect. Like everything about that race was literally perfect. The atmosphere, everyone social distancing like they're supposed to. The course was amazing. I actually did. I um, actually did three laps. So I was so pleased with the first one that I wanted to go back out and do it two more times. <laughs> and then um, I took the T-Rex out and did, I didn't do the whole thing because it was, it was a lot of mud and it would have, I probably would have popped it just by the, the terrain. So I played on a few obstacles. I was contemplating on going down Colossians in it, but I know that if I went in the water, it would have popped, it would have blown the motor. And then I uh, probably would have been sinking. Luckily, there was a lifeguard there. So I would have been good. <laughs> so three laps of Savage Race, nicely social distanced. Um, are you looking forward to doing another one? Or what's yes. your plan? My plan is I would like to do more. I probably wouldn't walk away with six medals. <laughs> I might. I want to get four, which are good. I plan on either doing Carolina or Florida. I'm more geared to Florida because of the pro wave on Sunday too for the Blitz. Nice. Um, so people who aren't familiar with Savage Race, like people on the West Coast, um, are there different distances or how does that um, work out? So they had two versions. They had a, a 10K, which is the, the pro or the, or the Savage, it's, it's called. And the Blitz is a 5K with not the iconic obstacles, but you still have some of the main obstacles. Uh, it's more like how Spartan Gears are main ones around festival uh, so they have those. And they also have, like, their main ones, Colossians, where you run up the ramp, and then you go up a flight of steps, and then you go, go down the water slide, which I done that probably 15 times that that day <laughs> nice <laughs> I, I mean, it's just something like you get you you go on it you jump off 
and then you go down the slide and then you get out of the water and go do it again. <laughs> it's kind of like a kid at recess. Got to go down the slide. Oh, I, yeah, I was, I was like beyond stoked about it. I lost my watch, my GPS watch, and I wasn't even that bummed. I found out a few hours later on the way home that one of the volunteers was working the, that obstacle and people are posting me with the T-Rex and someone reached out to the person who took the photos and asked who I was because he had my watch. He found my watch. Oh, that's awesome. So you recovered your watch. <laughs> yes. I, I, I was looking, because I, I retraced all my steps. I thought I had it on after I took the T-Rex off, but I think when I took the T-Rex off, it kind of fell off from there. Okay. Oops, sorry. I got to turn off the lights because of uh, the cops. There we go. Um, so who was nice enough to mail it to me? I think I should have it either by tomorrow. Awesome. How long I felt lost without it because, like, if I go run, the time doesn't make a difference because there's no proof. <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> how long have you been doing the T-Rex? I started – actually, I posted a video back in May of last year. I see a bunch of – uh, I seen a video of a bunch of T-Rexes running around a starting gate at a horse track. And that gave me the idea. But I, did, I was trying to figure out how could I, like, I post, after I seen that, I put some thought into it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it at a, a stadium race. But then I, I waited. As I come to a, um, a uh, stadium series near you. And Fenway was the last stadium of the, of the series. And I thought that would be perfect. And then I started to see other people have T-Rex costumes on working out. I was like, uh, they're going to try to take the idea that I was like, trying to go for. And we, it actually worked out. We all, we all got together and did the race together on top of a unicorn and an alien, cha- or, uh, an alien chasing a guy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so we did, uh, I, I podiumed at Fenway. It was my first, my first podium. And then we ran right after two of us out of the four podiums. We had to wait for our rewards. And then we went back out for a uh, fun lap. Oh, that's awesome. And how many races? It, it's, just, it's, just, it's just hard to do some obstacles because of some spots you can't reach because of your, you're isolated into a, um, like if you do true to it, you can't raise your arms all the way. <laughs> and so climbing the rope, would have been a problem doing ramp burpees, kind of throw it up there. Um, climbing, climbing the carbonet would have been perfect. Climbing the wall would have. Pipe layer, you, it's, you have to deflate to get inside. Oh, yeah. So there's a couple obstacles I didn't do it in there because it's just trying to climb a 10-foot wall without it popping was difficult. Yeah. So you had to make sacrifices. <laughs> sacrifices are worth it right <laughs> yes how long the idea is all about the photos anyways <laughs> <laughs> yes it is <laughs> you gotta know where that photographer is <laughs> uh, that's what the main obstacle <laughs> <laughs> um how long have you been running uh the age group heats um i started age group my first age group was palmerton i um i did my first ocr was the beast in Jersey in 19. Then I went to Ohio to do that beast. Then I did tuxedo. And this is when I did open 
once I did tuxedo, I qualified for Noam and OCR World. So at that time, I was like, you know, I'm going to try elite. I did DC as an elite, and um, I could have done better, but because I got stung by a bee early on, which I'm highly allergic, oh. that kind of mentally messed with me. Yeah. And um, I finished the course and whatnot. At the end, I thought I just outgrew the bee stung, or the getting stung by a bee, so like, I got the better drill and this and that. It took me about 40 minutes to do the course. I finished about half of the, the, the wave. Then I ran age group, and Palmerton was the first one. And then I started running age group more often to the point where um, I just started doing age group for everything. I did my, my last race of the, the year was actually an ultra. Prior to this, I never ran a, never ran a day in my life. I just, I'm really good on obstacles, so I just happened to show up at a race and run and do all those. I think over the over the time of doing these races, I finished with five trifectas. I ran an ultra in Carolina. It was my last race of the season. I was doing so well. I was in second place for the first lap. I left transition area with a call through a crawl tube, like a sewer drain type, and they have rivets in there. My knee pushed off of there while I was trying to get out of the tunnel, and it irritated my meniscus and my IT band. So when I got out of the tunnel and kind of fully stood up and tried to take off, I was unable to run. So I ended up having to walk the whole course. And that was 17 miles. So we had to do the pedal, the ultra loop twice. Yeah. Oh my and um, I finished, like I was going to tap out. It was, it was 40 degrees. It, it rained nonstop. I was hurting. And I was like cold. And uh, I stopped one of the, the workers and I was about to tap out. And I asked him for a trash bag. So my mind said, or my body told me to tap out, but my mindset kept on going. So it kind of changed, like, instead of saying tap out, it's like, I'm done. It asked for a trash bag so I can be warm. And I'm coming in fourth place for my age group. Oh, nice. That's not too bad. Yeah, yeah I, I, missed third, I missed third place by a half hour. Oh, man. So it was a good, it was a good experience. Um, I couldn't wait to leave because I was just, like, freezing. The only place I had warmth was the changing room. Oh yeah. Because they wouldn't let us. They wouldn't let us in the area where you can buy merchandise. They wanted everyone out of it. Oh wow. It was heated too. <laughs> so you couldn't go into that part. How? Has, Not at all. <laughs> how has everything that's happened this year with the pandemic and all that? How's that affected you race wise and training and all that? How you keeping busy? Um, it hasn't really affected affected much this year was the year that i was going to start training so i did florida uh came in ninth place for my age group or um for that same thing with greek peak and then right after greek peak it just that's when the pandemic hit i was going to work for spartan and start working on jersey to do um kids course and then everything just kind of went downhill from there so then everyone started doing virtual racing so I started getting into that. I, the only one I haven't done was Spartan. I done Savage. I did Bonefrog. I did City Challenge. And uh, among other ones, a lot of charity races. I'm really big on AOS and autism. So anytime there was a race, that took precedence over anything. Oh, that's awesome. 
That is awesome. So now that you're training and everything's going well, do you have plans for next year or are you just kind of mapping that out or waiting to see what happens? My plan for next year was the same plan I was going to do this year. Yeah. Which was I was going to take on the stadium series, which I feel very comfortable that I, was, that I can take the series. Because uh, I know who's on my, my age group, which makes which is good. And a lot of people who are quick, who took the series, got bumped up to the next one. So I felt real comfortable. And the, the five races that I had to do, three of them was on this side of the country, which was perfect. And they're only within a, a two-hour drive. So my, the ones I had to go to is Dallas and Angel Field. Oh, yeah. So that I would have been, yeah, so been perfect for the dual race. Nice. Because if I didn't make it to the other two, I would have, I would have had the three, so it would have been my points. Oh right uh, on. My, oh yeah, my my first stadium race was uh, Pittsburgh, and I took fifth place in that one. What do you like over this about the stadium races over the other races? You had to redline it. When I was younger, when I used to run, I used to do like the fifty-yard dash. It was go 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 against people, so you like you redline it the whole way. Yeah. Today I redline it to uh, about the first mile. And I thought I was dragging, and I real, and at the end, I was exhausted, and up running a six thirty eight pace. Wow. Yeah, and I didn't, and I thought I was going a lot slower. Um, so I practiced on the track a lot of redlining. So I'll do the one hundred meter, two hundred meter, three hundred meter, four hundred meter, and do that in reverse as fast as I can. And then I'll go on if I if it's raining out, I'll do a treadmill at fifteen miles an hour and try to hold that for as long as I can. So I'll do a minute, then my next step will be a minute and a half and so on and so forth, which is about a four-minute pace uh, on a treadmill. Yeah. Wow. So the stadium races, you're just able to go full all the way, red line. Oh, yeah. Nice. I feel comfortable with stadiums and ultras. Ultras, it's anyone's game. It's all about how fast you can get to the first lap, and then you work from there because everyone starts dying down. Or they'll start uh, DNFing themselves. Uh, okay, so there are basically the ultras a bit more of a, a mental and physical game. Like you just have to kind of see how your rest of your competitors. Absolutely, absolutely. You can. I was if I didn't get hurt, I was on pace to finish in six hours. Oh wow, nice. Um, which was which I would have that would have put me I think second place because I think second place had um, six and a half. Almost seven hours. Okay. So um, I was on pace to do good, and yeah, then I had a little mishap. Yeah. Um, any after-lasting effects from that, or was it just a matter of just take some time to get healed up and rehab, or was it just a... Um, it was more of like, uh, it took a little while, so I tried going on a treadmill to run, just a little little light jog uh, of about four miles an hour. After about 15 minutes in, then my legs started to hurt. That went on for about a week, and then it just disappeared. Disappeared. My first beast, I felt that for three weeks. Every every day, I felt like I was going to, like, pass out. Oh, wow. I'd be working, and all of a sudden, like, start feeling, like, absolutely drained. Wow. Do you, What would you think attributed to that? Lack of training, lack of nutrition. I barely hydrated. Um, I was running with someone. And after mile two, he told me to take off. And that's what I did. I finished in uh, like four and a half hours. It was just, I think it was proper 
improper hydration and food. That makes sense. Um, I mean, when you're a first time runner, you don't know better. <laughs> yep, I learned my lesson at a beast too. <laughs> All right, and now we're going to take a quick pause so we can hear from our sponsors. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. And we're back. What are you planning on doing more ultras next year, or just? Um, my my last ultra, if, if everything was going to go on this year, would have been Ultra Worlds. Nice, very um, nice. I'm, I'm hoping that. Because I already qualified for that, I'm hoping that it just gets transferred over. Yeah. Um, I just got myself a season pass. They did a. Cause I had a bunch of volunteer codes that I paid for races, and then because they got canceled, they gave it back to me. Yeah. And they gave me a deal where we'll take your six codes, but we'll give you a season pass for three hundred bucks. That was a no brainer. No, oh, definitely a no brainer. Nice. So it was. It's open wave, but that's okay because I can always up um, right. certain races. I can upgrade it. Yeah. My goal is to do Jersey, Ohio. I'm going to do Carolina again to get a better time. And then I'm not ready to Killington yet. And I'm going to do Ultra Worlds. Awesome. Ultra Worlds is a six-mile loop as many times as you can, but you won't get the buck on until you hit 32 miles. And then every lap you do, you get a, um, a pin that goes with it. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Where were they going to do the, or the Ultra Worlds this year? It was going to be at Killington. So it would have been, been the, the, the Ultra Beast. Then a week later, it would have been Ultra Worlds. A week after that would have been uh, Tahoe and then Ocean Worlds. Okay. So I would have done Ultra Worlds and then I would have done Tahoe and then go to um, Ocean Worlds. Nice. With everything that's going on and all the training, are you really looking forward to next year and seeing what happens and really pushing yourself? Absolutely. Um, I like to do better on, especially Florida. I thought I did good for the, the, the 10K. My goal is to, for most of the 10Ks that are flat, to get under an hour. This time, because I didn't really do much research who was showing up, who's in my age group. Because I didn't do my homework on that. So you do <clears> so for, Yes. Uh, when you run a competitive, one thing I learned, because during the, during the lockdown, Spartan did their Spartan Rewind. So you get to watch Spartan's uh, National Series from 15 and 16. And a lot of the pros said, you know, learn your components, learn your, your, your strategy, learn who's going to show up what their weaknesses and what their strengths are. And that, that gave me like an odd moment. like, oh, maybe I should look into who's in my age groups for whatever race I'm trying to do, stadiums. And then other races will be a little harder because you don't know who's going to be what yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so, and I also had the code where I could upgrade to elite. So I might do a couple of those depending on what venue. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, with the T-Rex that you do, or is that just whenever you feel like doing it? Or is it kind of um, make an appearance at most of your races? I did my first 5K in it in Philly. It was a, a great 5K. Um, did that in about 30 minutes. It was very, very hot. <laughs> I, it was hot. I couldn't see, so I had to put my arm in there to wipe the inside. 
um, it was, it was great. Um, I couldn't wait to get out of it. <laughs> and then, um, I did like random stuff where it was like a, a burpee challenge. So I did on the side of the road and I started doing burpees in it. <laughs> then I went snowboarding. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go snowboarding in it. I fell once in the video, but I made it all the way down the double diamond. Oh, that's awesome. It was hard because I started, started to fog up. I was like, I'm going to plow into one of these little kids. <laughs> but it, it worked out great. Do you get a really good, uh, a lot of positive result, like reactions from people when they see you out there in the T-Rex? And- it got to the point where it's like, anytime there's a meme or like a video or something about T-Rex, people associated it with me automatically. It's like, I started a brand and not even realized it. <laughs> So it's like, oh, you're in, you're in Mexico. Oh, you're in Italy. It's like, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I'm just going with it. And there was actually another T-Rex that was at Savage, which I didn't see. Um, so when people say, was that you? I was like, no, that was my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't want to take all the credit. Um, he had a mask on. So he had a sign and this and that. Uh, it said, run like you're getting chased. And I, the, the expression was, run like you're getting chased by T-Rex. Um, so now it's like, I changed my, my, my Instagram to AKA T-Rex and then I, all my jerseys will say T-Rex on it. Oh, that's awesome. So you kind of brand so it. Run, yes. And, uh, and then I actually got a T-Rex tattooed on me. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and the T-Rex is not my favorite dinosaur. It's just something that I thought was really funny watching that video, how it was running on a horse track. I think it was about 100 meters or 200 meters. And it was just wobbling back and forth. I think that was hilarious. It's like, I got to do a race in this. <laughs> That's so awesome. I heard you mention um, autism. Are you, do you do a lot of fundraising and support um, that? Or how so do you do that? With, the, like, with school, um, I see it like there was a lot of kids with autism and this and that when I was younger. I just felt for them because they used to be the ones getting picked on. And it was just wrong. So I used to be... I used to go after the kids that used to pick on them. And then like um, over the years, I think when I started to run in, I realized there was a bunch of autism runs. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to start doing um, a bunch of autism runs. So I started with the virtual races. Then there was a regular ones. And then I have a friend that her two sons have autism. And I actually ran a race with their bib, with their names on them. Oh, that's awesome. So you're kind of just spreading the word and getting people yeah. more acknowledged and knowledgeable about autism and the different forms of the spectrum. Absolutely. That's um, fantastic. That cancer and like anything with um, kids. I, um, I got, a, I got um, last year, Spartan used to do a Friday frenzy where they pick someone who's very motivated and uplifting. When I started, I was talking to one of the pros because I wanted to be a pro and I asked him how this, he's like social media. That was a light bulb. I started adding everybody on both social media pages just to get it up there. And then I jumped on every Spartan page I can get on and post like nonstop morning posts, just uplifting posts, like stuff like that. After I finished Ohio, I got reached out to um, Amber who was controlling that uh, the Northeast page and asked and asked me if I wanted to be featured on their Friday um, frenzy. I said yes. Yeah. So I had to give them a, a small description on why I raced. At first, it was to stay out of trouble. 
you know, when you get bit by that bug, it's like, it just takes over. That, that adrenaline, that, like, everything about it was great. And the more I did, the more I realized that I'm not racing for myself. I'm racing for the, I race to give hope to those who, who don't, who don't believe in their self. People who have autism, people who have cancer, kids are in hospitals, Oscar Mike, Wounded Warriors. Like I, I do, uh, I do charity for myself. So every week I'll put $70 away. Around Christmas time, I'll go buy toys and do like a secret Santa and go to the local hospitals to give out toys to these kids who cannot be home for Christmas. In my head, no kids should not feel left out. So that was one of the things. And then I was like, maybe I'll do it in a T-Rex costume, giving out toys. But then everything's on lockdown and don't know what's going on for the rest of the year. But yeah. I might pick it up next year. That's awesome. That's absolutely So it's like incredible. I run with a purpose and I run for yes. others. That's an awesome reason to run is to run for others and bring awareness to the charities, to the people who are in need, can't necessarily get out there. Absolutely. That's absolutely incredible. Um, I think that's something that BeastNet is trying to do too is find, you know, we support the charities, we support the right. that support charities and um, we have a local race here. It's, um, it's run amok, but it's put on by pennies for quarters and they build, they're working on building small homes for veterans who are homeless. Right. So I totally understand that. Is there one particular charity that's like near and dear to your heart or is it just the spectrum um, of helping kids? AOS was one of them. Um, I have a friend that the gym I used to work at, they, they're big on AOS, so I kind of just fell into it. And a guy's a lieutenant, lieutenant colonel for the Air Force um, who got diagnosed with AOS. He's the reason why there's a bill called the right to try. That got pushed through into um, the bill. And I think that's the same bill that's giving people the vaccine for COVID. It's just a trial. So you, you sign something where you the country is not hold reliable. You're doing yeah. this at your free will. It might help or might not help. And then stuff like that. So the bill, so I used to raise money, raise money for that. Same thing for um, uh, um, autism. Then my ex's mother had cancer, and I did my first run. It was a, it was a, it was in Philly. It was a night run. It was a 5K every, almost every mile. There was a giant DJ booth of music. So it was like you know, glow sticks, everything. So it was, um, stand up to cancer was the sponsor. So I was able to put the name down who I was running for. And then it was just more of just kind of expanded from there. And when I ran Killington last year, someone asked for a second medal. I didn't know what that was about. Apparently you get to run for a buddy. So I'm on the list where I can run with a kid that has some type of special needs or stuff like that, where the medals will go to them, the t-shirts and stuff like that. So you're like, now I expand and now I'm actually, I run with the purpose, but now I have more of a uh, reason to run because I can like give my special buddy medals. I can talk and like, you know, uplift yeah. him. He might not, he or she might not understand, but it's like, they get a medal. They get a medal. It's something special to them. I think it's, um, I run for Michael, I think is what it yeah. started out as. I've heard a lot about that and that's an incredible thing to do. I've seen the posts on that and 
I've seen some of the pictures and the kids just look so happy when they get those packages. It's because they're being thought of and included in absolutely some sort of way. And that's, that's amazing. Um, with, you know, everything that's going on, there's a lot of people that are just now starting to get active, get off the couch to who are thinking about possibly doing an obstacle course race. Do you have any, like any words of wisdom for people who are just starting out? Um, the only thing I could suggest is, um, before jumping into obstacles, I mean, obviously do your homework, find out what it's about, watch videos on the obstacles so you can see what you're doing. Usually when I volunteer, I get to play on obstacles, so I get to, that's, that's, my, that's my strategy to study. Like, so, so, so I can make sure I can get it, I'm good. So like my grip, when I come to race day, I might not fail. Yeah. So my thing is, Probably going out there and running just to get your legs moving so you have that muscle memory. The more running you do, the faster your pace and the longer the distance. I wouldn't recommend people doing a, a beast or um, ultras right away. I mean, if you want to be challenged, that's why I did the, the beast. That's why yeah. I got challenged. Uh, I recommend probably a regular sprint. Not a stadium because that's how how fast paced it is. Yeah. Because it's on that on that type of concrete which is very slippery, or even a um a local 5K just to get into that control your breathing, control your pace, know your where your 5Ks are, and then you you work your way up. Thanks I mean, Sparta has so many races out there that yes. you can fall into any of them, and other yeah. uh, like Savage or Bone Frog, even um doing virtual races will be uh, a big thing to start to and to so that you can because what you have to, like i'm an ambassador for battle mile and what that is you get medals and you get podiums in there but you only way you do that is you run out there you put the time in you get your distance you upload your your garment or your strava to their link and then you're going you're competing with a bunch of people and so in the month at the end of each month you get to see where you're ranked on there Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, I don't want to keep you much longer because I know you're trying to travel and get home. Oh, no, I, I parked. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, okay. I'm okay. Uh, I, I really don't have much more to say or ask because I kind of asked everything. Um, what's your next race for sure? My next race is um, it's in New York. It's called Viking Obstacles Racing. It will be their eight-hour ultra championship. Oh, nice. Uh, it's on a, it's, it's a permanent obstacles. It's, um, a lot of them are wood and a lot of them are very technical. I did it back in August. Um, it was very rough. It was my first time doing it. Um, and then I'll be doing in Rhode Island for a 24 hour, hundred mile race. Nice. On a four mile loop. On a four mile just loop. Taking, just taking, yeah, I'm just taking a leap for it. Um, to me, that sounds very challenging. I look at it, if it doesn't challenge me, I'm not, I'm not driven. It, I lose interest. Yeah. And I think with, with OCR, it's, there's always going to be a challenge. If, if it's an obstacle or it's going to be a new one, or if you just want to have a faster time or when you're running with people who are very fast, you want to compete. So there's, there's the drive. There's the, the compassion for it. Yeah. That's awesome. I, 
I'm not at that level, but there's a passion. I absolutely love obstacle course racing. It's seeing all the people that come out and do it. It's watching the pros and absolutely. the age group people because it's fascinating to me what they do to train and get there. And then being in the open waves, it's watching all the people who, you know, you can kind of see them struggling, but as soon as you start giving them those words of encouragement, you can literally just see them pick up and be like, okay, I can do this. And so every aspect of the racing is what just, it drives me to see all of that. Um, and I look, I look, I look forward to next year just because, um, out here on the West coast, pretty much everything's been, (laughs) we don't really have anything going on right now, but, um, I really think the next year is going to be a really good comeback year for obstacle course racing for all the races, just because there's still a drive for people to want to do them. And people are still, absolutely. people are trying to get out when they can, like, you know, you're pushing yourself to that 24 hour, hundred mile, you know, race. That's free. That's amazing. Um, Luckily I'm doing that with friends. So it's not, it's not timed. It's, you know, there's no podiums or anything like that. Yeah. You'll get a block, a wooden block. It's custom with your miles you put in, and then you get a belt buckle with your miles. So three of us are going to run together. So we're going to, you know, keep each other accountable the yeah. whole way. That's One awesome. stop, we all stop, make sure everyone's good, we're proper hydrated, and everything like that. That's awesome. That's absolutely fantastic. It's almost like, um, like. After I run competitive, I love going back on course because I love to go back out there on open weight and just help people get through stuff. Um, everyone has their limits. Everyone has their struggle. But that extra, you know, push, you can yeah. do this. That little encouragement makes a big – it helps them. And, like, yeah. you don't even have to do the obstacles with them. You can just encourage them to get over there, help them with the wall, yep. tell them how to do a certain strategy, which will benefit if they fall, they fall get back right up there and do it again. Yeah. As long as you don't quit. Exactly. I was in Kimberly, uh, British Columbia a couple years ago and they started the race really late in the afternoon. It was super hot. We were going up a ski run and I don't know if the person just thought I was, saw me struggling. I had some random guy walk up, grab my hand and say, I'm taking you up the hill. And I was like, Whoa, wait, I got a teammate (laughs) back here, but he did it. It helped motivate me. Like he got me up at least a quarter of the hill that I was like trying to tackle, but it's people like that who just, well, I see you struggling. I'm going to uplift you. And that's, that's one of the best things. Absolutely. Like run with Mike, um, or ask her Mike, they do the same thing. They're helping each other, like they're walking the whole course, but yet they're also helping other people that are not part of their, their group. group. Yeah. Some of them have wheelchair, like other people will bring a, a heavy chain with the center block just to add more to what they got to do. Just to, you know, the obstacles ain't enough. They want to add more to it. They want to add yeah. more of an element. Um, and th- that teamwork is unbelievable yes. to do. So a lot of them will run elite or age group and then go back out and run with Oscar Mike and go through the whole course to help people. That's so amazing. I love hearing that. Um, I think that's what helps get people to continue to do obstacle course racing because sometimes it gets very overwhelming. Like, what did I sign myself up for? Absolutely. But it's also because this community is so, like, they're so, like, generous. They'll help you, like, um, I, I have people that ask, like, don't message me, like, oh, what do you do, and, like, how do you train, and this and that. I just feel bad at the time. It's like, uh, I don't really train. I just happen to sh- just go to run, run, do these events, run, 
go home and just wait for the next one and then so on and so forth. And then, um, but I, from what I've seen other, other people do on the course, so I kind of use what they, their example and let these people who never ran a race before or who started and they're working their way up the totem pole is like the best thing to do is have good grip strength. So the way to do that is hang dead hang or keep reach, returning your grips from the, the bar or even with uh, you grab the plate and you pinch it and just walk as far as you can until they slip out of your hand. Build that forearm up and build the grip strength up in that. And yep. Or even heavy lifts like um, dumbbells or uh, kettlebells. Just hold them and do farmer walks because that's going to build that uh, strength up because you're squeezing as hard as you can, which is going to build the strength in that. Makes and then you got your to get faster, the fastest thing to do for that is get on the track and run. Even though you're going around circles, you'll get your fastest time on a track. And you do, you break it down to, because uh, one whole lap is 400 meters. So you break it down to how fast can I do 100 meters? Then move, then you got your time there. It's like, well, if I did 10 seconds here, 20 seconds might be the 200 meters. So it's like, now you have an idea of what it is. And then, after you complete the first lap, you can do 400 meter repeats where you run as fast as you can for the first lap, take a 60 second break. After a 60 second, you go again. Or do 400 meters, 10, do 10 burpees, go do 400 meters. So you're breaking up your pace while throwing in some type of exercise in there. That makes complete sense. Well, because um, burpees, everyone hates, but burpees block or stop your rhythm. I, yep, they do. <laughs> they completely so it's do. a good idea. When you're running, then all of a sudden you got to do, when you get passed out, when you hit the 400 mark, jump down, do burpees, and then pick up again. It gets you like, it's almost like race ready. Yeah, it does. Um, what about, because part of it for like, you, you can train on the track all you want, but you've got that technicality that comes from the trails that you're running. You know, stadiums mm-hmm. not so much, but when you're out like, you know, doing an ultra and everything, you've got to get that technical trail running in somewhere. Absolutely. Um, I honestly, for me, I prefer running trails and on the track. And I think it's just, it, it gets me hardened to understand that my footing is never going to be even on, on a trail. I get, you get right. used to that flat service and, um, I well, enjoy I mean, it. Also up your, your power in your legs. Cause now you're, you're offsetting. Yeah. So one leg's going to work harder than the other. And this and that the track is the track is better. If you want to do flat, it's more cushion. Yeah. It's better for your joints. Than the road. I try not to do the road. If I can get on the trail, which is better for your joints, I'd rather do the trail. If it's yeah. only a short distance of a trail, that's fine. I'll just keep going back and forth. Okay. Better than running on a road, which is all that impact is yeah. not good for your joints. Yeah. It's good for injury. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to have to wrap this up because <laughs> it's almost dinner time here. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And I look forward to. Look forward to seeing you this next year, racing and how you do. And, of course, always looking forward to the T-Rex. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of things lined up. Uh, the race I just did today, I should have brought my T-Rex because I would have just did a fun lap. But on the next race is next month. It's a Halloween one uh, that weekend or the weekend after. So I'm going to run that. And there's actually a race on Halloween in uh, upstate New York, which I'm going to run their obstacles in that. 
Oh, that's awesome. Um, I think it, it, it has to happen. It's, it's, it's Halloween. A, it's Halloween, of course. <laughs> it's acceptable to run around in a T-Rex costume through town. It is, completely. Um, well, safe travels back home. Thank you again for being on, and we look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.